Podcast, deconstructing foiling, flow, and the learning process with your host, Eric Antonsen. What's up, folks? Thank you for tuning in to the podcast. Hope everyone out there is doing wonderful today. It's a crazy weekend here in Florida. I'm sure everybody saw the hurricane that came through. Thank goodness Jacksonville was somewhat spared. Uh, We lost about a third of our dunes. About 75 meters of beach is gone. Um, But we got really lucky. You know, the I was super nervous on Thursday at the high tide at noon because we started to breach the dunes. And the way that everything was looking was that the next high tide was going to be when we had the most surge. And so that was going to be about midnight. And we actually took some precautions at the house, kind of sealed up some stuff because we're pretty close to the beach here. And thank goodness at about 10 o'clock, the wind went side offshore and it kept out the majority of the water. I mean, it did not breach the dunes. The noon high tide was worse than the midnight high tide. And so we got really lucky. Um, Can't say the same thing, I guess, for a lot of South Florida. So hope anyone listening from affected areas are doing well. And uh, that's a tough one. That was a big storm, man. We had, this is insane. We had 19 feet at 10 second readings on the buoy for about 12 hours or right in that range for about 12 hours. That is, I've never seen that here before. Um, Waves are breaking out as far as you could see, um, basically to the horizon. There was kind of like a a haze line out there, but as far as you could see out, waves were breaking. And the sweep down the beach was just insane. safe to say our sandbars are now totally different and actually it's funny because we had it was so flat over the summer for so long that our bars just completely went away there weren't bars and we've always had a great bar with a trough and the storm has actually i think made our foil setup a lot better Um, i know some of the spots that we go to uh, are a lot better we had an incredible weekend after the storm passed friday was a good surf day and then saturday and sunday Got to tow some um, some epic sessions at a, a spot nearby. It's almost like snapper now. It's this long right point break, and that was sick. So um, there's always good and bad. Good thing, yeah, everything's yin, yin and yang. But all right, let's talk foiling. Today's guest on the show is Nate Van Buren, um, someone who I have. It's funny when I say I look up to these people because he's like half my age, but I've looked up to Nate for... I mean, a while now. I mean, from the SUP days, I remember him on SUP uh, as a Grom crushing it. And then obviously what he's been able to do in foiling. And on the show, I was joking around. I mean, we're so excited about people having these long runs on foil in the surf. But I think three years ago, Nate has on video a 65 wave run. And this is when, if you double dipped, you were a stud. And he, he connected 65 waves. Uh, so just insane. Um, kids of talent, a phenom. And it's been really cool. If you go back and you listen to the show that we did probably about a year and a half ago, um, he's still in school and frothing on foil. But now he's 
done with school. He's working at Signature with his dad, Ivan, who's a legend. And he's just so frothy on the design phase. And this is someone who was shaping surfboards probably five years ago, maybe longer, and is now applying all of his innate talent in the water and design skills to helping foils get better, which is awesome. And I think that is where truly great designs come from is when you have uh, someone that can feel and um, explain or, or influence the designs. You, you know, like a cane, like there's a reason why cane stuff is so good. It's because he understands both sides. And I think Nathan is someone who's in that same vein too. So uh, I think you guys are going to dig the show with him. I love talking to Nate also just because he's so fired up. You know, you leave the conversation and just want to go send it. And this one was funny too, because I had just done probably my easiest five miles on foil. Cliffy sent over um, a prototype 210 that we're working on right now. And there's some things we're going to change about it. I want it to roll and turn a little bit better, but I've never felt better glide than that foil. And I did it downwind right before the show. That was five miles. And it felt you like I was on an e-foil. The conditions weren't great. They were good, but they were not great. But um, yeah, I was almost late to the show because it was supposed to be like a one, two mile, just test the foil because I just came in the mail. And I ended up just straight sending and got out at the farthest takeout point, <laughs> rushed to get back on the show. So I'm still super fired up when we record. All right. Uh, big thanks to everybody who supports the show. Big wins. Um, North Kite has been sending over a bunch of stuff. And I actually just recorded with Mike from North, and that show was amazing. Uh, Signature's always been super supportive. So thank you, guys. Um, and I, there's a ton of people I'm, I'm leaving out right now. No Limits, uh, Unifoil, um, Alchemy, Foil Parts. So many rad people doing things, and it's it's really awesome that I get to test all this gear and and feel it. So thank you guys for uh, for the support. So let's dive in with Nate, and I hope you guys are all doing well. Take care. Nate, thanks for coming back on the show, man. How you been? You awesome, Eric. So stoked to be back on you. Yeah, we've been here in Maui enjoying our time in the warm waters instead of the, the cold Cape Town weather. <laughs> but yeah, nice to be with you again. Epic. How long are you out there? So we've been here for about, about three weeks now. A shorter visit from our side. Generally, we <laughs> try to go for a little bit longer. Really enjoy our time here. But we are currently just enjoying all the waves and the wind while we are this side. <laughs> and if I remember, you have roots on Maui, don't you? Yeah, we got some solid roots on Maui. My dad, I mean, he lived here for right. I think, 20 years. So he's really got a lot of connections aside and a lot of time here. So, and I was born here, so, which is really cool. So do you know the area pretty well? And now we live in Cape Town, but it's nice to come back every now and again <laughs> to stay in touch with the island life. So Cape Town and Maui are both locations that have very deep surfing roots. How do you see them? What's similar about Maui and Cape Town and what do you think is a little different? Yeah. So with similarities, the wave quality is pretty similar. I know Maui is, it's pretty good for 
certain times of the year. Same as Cape Town, you get seasons where it's just on. And we do a lot of, actually a lot of surfing, foiling, not so much, but then it goes switch seasons straight to foiling. Like now, while we've been here at Maui, we've just been foiling, which has been awesome. But I know when we go back to Cape Town now, also going to go into the foiling season. So same kind of season cycles, but there are less people for sure in Cape Town. (laughs) (laughs) Maui feels super crowded right now. Like so many people just like an influx of surfers and foilers, which is rad, but can be a bit hot at times if you want to get a bit of a solo session. And Has it ever felt, one of the things that I think about a lot in regards to foiling and the futures and ocean sports in general is that the coastlines will be crowded, but offshore, I don't think it's ever going to be crowded. Have you ever been on a downwind run that felt crowded? Yeah. So recently, Foil Fever, Jason, he organized a downwind run in Maui here from Maliko to Kalui Harbor, which was going to be red. And it was super sick. It was like really fun time. A lot of guys came and I think everyone was sort of expecting in a sense, crowded downwind run feel. (laughs) But what happened was pretty interesting. So I mean, I don't know how many guys, it felt like 30, maybe 30 guys, 35, a uh, super solid crew, wing foil, prone foil, sub foil, like anything you wanted, jet skis. And then as we launched, I saw like everyone paddle out, join them. And I mean, I pretty much foiled alone for like most of the downwind. I think everyone had like the same sort of thing. I mean, maybe they teamed up with one of the other friends, but the majority of the time you don't feel crowded at all because there's so much space so <laughs> that was beautiful the, is that yeah, it's amazing think about the fact that in 10 years or 20 years you're still going to be able to do downwind runs that are empty i mean i just send a solo yeah. miles right now and i just love that so much that is amazing you told me a little bit about that solo five mile session I'm a little bit envious. It sounds like a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, it was killer. So, uh, you know, I'm working on some stuff with Cliffy right now. Yeah. He sent me a 210. And I could talk about it now. And I don't yeah. know if it's the final version. I, there's some things I love about it. There's some things that I kind of want to change about it right now. But the wind switched this morning. We've got this hurricane coming up the coast right now. It's south of Florida, but it's going to get ugly. But it yeah, just it pulled in like a direct north wind and it was flat this morning. And then all of a sudden <laughs> I started seeing some seams and then I started seeing some chips and I was like, all right, I got an hour before I record. I'm just going to do a mile. I just want to feel the foil. Will you give me a ride? She's like, absolutely. <laughs> so, I, so I paddled out and first chip up like within five minutes and it was just like the easiest thing. I felt like I was on an email and it's, it's, the foil doesn't turn very good. I mean, there's some things we're going to have to change about it, but as far as just gliding and ease just cruising. Yeah. I passed like the mile and I was like, oh, I'll just keep going a little bit. And then I passed <laughs> like the two miles and I was still just kind of like standing there and I was like, oh, I'm just gonna keep going. So, yeah. It was amazing. I just, oh, man, that. that's amazing. You've been working on that that foil for quite a while now. Yeah, we're taking our time with it because each size we're testing independently. Okay. And so good. with me being here and Cliffy being in South Africa, it it's taken a lot of time. I do want to yeah. talk about foils with you a whole lot because I think, I mean, I love Signature. I was <laughs> probably one of the biggest fans of the Game Changer. That yeah, that thing had. was crazy. <laughs> so good. And I think it changed some stuff. I mean, there's some things that 
That yeah. was the first foil to bring in that mid aspect dihedral is so powerful. But before mm. we get into that, let's stay on Maui a little bit. And yeah, for sure. And I kind of just bogarted the conversation there. I'm just so frothy. I'm going to do that a couple of times today. And I apologize <laughs> just because I'm like, I'm loud. No, that's perfect. But talk about, you know, the runs that you're getting, how they compare to your runs in South Africa. Are you doing a lot of downwind in South Africa? Yeah. So in South Africa, we, we've got some incredible wind. I'd say probably some of the best like in the world for down and runs when it comes to not being super gusty more consistent just strong almost overpowering wind sometimes but our swell is not always i wouldn't say like wave swell i mean we do get it sometimes where it's pretty big and you're like bombing down the face of a wave but it's mostly more short chop which is fun especially for the foiling you can like work on your linking and your lines and stuff a lot more and then you hop over to Maui <laughs> and guys are like, oh, the wind's like pumping out there. And then us guys from Cape Town get you and we look at the wind. We're like, pretty <laughs> strong, but <laughs> no, but it's more like you can go in 15 to 20 knots easy here and have a killer downwind session because of the swell. I mean, right. as soon as you get into the open ocean, that swell, if you hook up onto it, you have to have a pretty small foil to actually make it down most of the waves, which is pretty fun. <laughs> so the speed is very different, which is rad. So the contrast is quite large. So it's cool to see the different techniques that people use this side compared to where we live in Cape Town. A lot to learn from them. The pretty skilled riders out here like Kane and Jeremy Riggs, he's flying around and all the skill, skilled riders. So yeah, it's been cool to to watch them, learn from them a little bit more. <laughs> what do you how, do you, how do you tackle the Maui coastline? Yeah, what, what have you learned? So, I mean, a lot of the time... I didn't really know what to do with the line choice. So it's been cool to watch guys, how long they'll, let's say, stay on a swell. So a lot of the time, it's interesting. A lot of the waves, it feels like it comes in sets. So you'll be like riding maybe like a short chop for a little bit. <laughs> well, their short chops like shoulder high, which is crazy. <laughs> but then you'll all of a sudden you'll feel that like energy coming underneath your board. And you know, you're just about to <laughs> hang on down a sick wave. So in that moment, just to learn to find that line while trying to stay on that swell, make the most of it, keep your speed, not like kick out too early or too late because otherwise you like lose all your speed and ride into the back of the next one. So just small things like that. But yeah, and it's just a cool vibe out there. Everyone's having fun and some guys are more competitive than others, but it's nice to push each other. But it's fun, really enjoying it. Who's inspiring you out there? You mentioned Riggs and Kane. Who else? Yeah, so yeah, there's so many good guys been, on Maui. It's been crazy. I mean, on that diamond we had, I mean, Dave Kalama, I mean, he's a legend in pretty much the foiling community, surf community. I and mean, watching him go out there just with, like he'll paddle out and he's got those hand paddles. A lot of guys are doing it now, but just to see the ease, they get up on the knees, stand up, no paddles, and then just fly down. And I mean, he was racing with like all the young guns as well, which was rad. So I get there, he's already getting undressed. So <laughs> it was, it was cool to see like pretty much all ages are just pushing it here, especially the wizard Kane. He's still on it. Got his crazy ideas, <laughs> which is cool. And some new he's working on so he's absolutely motoring so it's been cool to spend a bit of time with him do some testing 
had a lot of testing with him, which has been fun. We did that flat water start in Maui by the harbor, which is pretty interesting. <laughs> um, yeah, that's, that's pretty cool. That yeah. was a huge foil, right? Oh yeah. That was the Axis 1310. They're like new, just big wing. Yeah. And that thing was crazy. I mean, we had a Barracuda, I think it was an eight, six, pretty long board by I think 19 long skinny. So planes really quick. And <laughs> we like flapped around for a little bit, trying to figure it out. Firstly, I think on a GoFoil, the GoFoil had more pops. We were almost getting up. We decided to try the Axis again. And then I was like, can go for it. And he like pump up and he got going. Everyone was so stoked. But then I was like, oh, can't let him get in. I can't get it. I eventually gave it a go, got it right. But crazy feeling to get up flat water without a paddle or even like paddling of any kind. So bit of progression there. Nice to test out <laughs> some new stuff. That's epic. So it's been cool. What boards are you riding downwind? Are you shaping your... So we actually, I mean, the... So downwind boards in general, uh, they've changed so much within like a season, mm -hmm. which has been crazy. So in Cape Town, we haven't had much wind. We've been in sort of like a winter season while everyone in Maui's had a, a really good summer. Uh, so they've changed all the boards and stuff now. So coming here was really cool to see the progression of shapes, designs, what people are running, like the main brands. So we definitely... I'm going to start bringing out some down on boards that are a lot easier to use because we've just been, I mean, using wave sup boards, which work pretty well. <laughs> but the glide you get on a downwind sup foil board is crazy. Like it, you can't really match it. So we've got some really cool designs. I'm excited to get going on when we get back to SA. But yeah, for right now, it's just been rad to, to learn a little bit from everyone, get the input, feedback, what they're enjoying. So yeah. So here's a question for you, because it sounds like, I mean, I think that your conditions in South Africa are way better than our Florida conditions. We're usually... <laughs> I don't your know. runs sound pretty good. <laughs> well, today was a good run, but I mean, that was still only like probably 17 to 21. I mean, that's good okay. for us. When we hit 17 to 21 side shore, like we're yeah. stoked. Generally, if it's hitting like 15 to 17, I'm out there. Yeah. And what I have found is our bumps are always stacked really close together. And mm. I had the Kalama E3, and now I have a bigger Barracuda. It's an 8017. And it's interesting. It's, I see what, like the glide that you can get on the Barracuda is insane. It lets you pop yeah. up, like you can get going really quickly, but it, it doesn't let you pump up as well as the smaller board. Like the smaller board with your paddle, you can get it off the water pretty quickly and yeah. pump where the Barracuda, I kind of have to catch one. And I feel like maybe for the stacked bumps, like we have going a little bit shorter, yeah. it might end up being a better thing. There's some things that I'd like to test. Are you feeling the same way? Do you think that Maui designs are going to work around the world? Or do you think that we're going to start seeing kind of location specific downwind boards? Yeah, I definitely agree with you there. I mean, guys are going really long here because the gaps between the run in front of them and the run that they're on is very large as uh, so they can fit like an 8.6 Barracuda, which is a pretty big board. If I use that at home, I'll probably be running into the back of the next one. That's what I do. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so you kind of have to like paddle pretty hard, but probably... I do agree that you'll have more different location specific board or condition specific, maybe short chop, a little bit of a shorter board, but 
maybe a similar design. So just shortened, still have that glide, just gets unstuck a little bit quicker in the short bumps. And then you have the Maui boards, which will probably work for the more open ocean swells, which a lot of people are riding. And they're a little bit easier to like stand on sometimes and keep going if there is no wind. If the wind dies, I'll probably enjoy being on a <laughs> like a barracuda or something. Yeah. Because <laughs> then you can you still paddle, but I think it is going to change a little bit more. This is just the start of the progression when it comes to the new range of downwind stops now. Yep. And you mentioned Kalama earlier. He's about to come back on the show, which is going to be awesome. So if anyone's listening and wants to send me themes you'd like to talk about, we'd like us to talk about, shoot them to me. But yeah. there again, like he changed downwind boards over the last yeah. <laughs> year, which is pretty crazy. crazy. I mean, the amount of influence he's had on water sports is phenomenal. Yeah. It's been pretty crazy. I mean, he doesn't stop pushing it, which is so awesome to see. I mean, I know my dad's like also pretty amped on it. He's getting a little bit older. Don't tell him, but not stopping pushing. I love seeing it. I mean, we've been foiling with some guys out here also not super young, but man, I mean, one of the guys you might know him, Jim bones, he foils here in Maui. I think he's 75 or 76 man he had a four and a half hour session two days ago and he outsurfed all of us i was frothing i'm like man this guy is a tank he's still going but that's been cool to see here in maui just the diversity in just an age overall uh, everyone just enjoying the sport not only the younger crowd like maybe the 20s to 40s whatever but pretty much everyone has that that really cool stoke of just being out in the water foiling together and still pushing it which is pretty rad like like dave uh, kalama he's still pushing these subfoil side or his new prone foil boards. <laughs> Just not sure what's going to come next to them. Bones was on the podcast, actually. And if you didn't listen really? to that one, anyone who hasn't listened to that one, it's one of my favorite episodes. You I want to go listen. <laughs> it's about half foiling and then just half life lessons from Bones, <laughs> which is unreal. That's amazing. He has such a positive, unique outlook on life. It's incredibly inf- refreshing. And his like life story about how he made his way to Maui and just it's wonderful to listen to. It's inspirational. So that's awesome. Yeah. Um, so I'm checking out all of the QB supped prone clips. I guess this is guardrails. <laughs> is that what yeah. you mean? Yeah. So guardrails is like the west side. Uh, oh no, sorry. Yeah, I don't know where I am now. I think it's the west side, but it's like the spot that we kind of all group to. Everyone goes, first check is guardrails. I mean, it can be super packed or you can have maybe four, three guys out there. But it's very consistent. Good foil wave gets really shallow <laughs> on the low tide, which can destroy your foil a little bit. <laughs> but it's a really fun wave to push a bit of your riding and your technique because every wave is really similar. So with the reef setup, you can pretty much call what's going to happen on the next wave, which is very helpful when you're trying to learn like a new move or trying to do a 360 or just a turn on the white water does help having that consistency in the wave, which is pretty fun. I've been enjoying it this side quite a lot, (laughs) a lot of time out there. Your clips look like epic. You've kept with the progression leading it now for a few years. And it looks to me, you can tell me if I'm wrong here, but it looks to me like you are tuning your foil a little differently now. Are you running less tail shim, a faster setup? Yeah. So 
used to, like you might've seen the older videos, a lot of kind of back foot heavy riding. So I had a tail shim in the, what's it, the back marsh, probably like maybe one and a half degree to get the nose down, which I enjoyed for pumping. So that's an interesting point to quickly like to touch on. Like while we've been here, it feels like everyone has gone from pumping and just wanting to pump and not ride to almost shifting to wanting to ride the wave a little bit more and working on their turning skills and stuff, which is rad to see. But that's sort of the phase that I went through, just wanting to pump, man, just get waves and waves, <laughs> which is cool. But I think coming back to more of the wave riding, I took out that Marsham a little bit more, even foot pressure. It feels really good. Mm -hmm. A lot more speed. And the foils have changed. That new foil is ridiculously fast. That You guys have just announced <laughs> the mission. I've been a huge fan of your yeah. for a long time. The missile is incredible. And your brand too, I should say. I like your brand and where its place is in foiling. I think it's rad. But talk about the design process of that foil, what you've optimized for. It looks like you're solving for similar things to what we've been working on. Maybe yeah. a little bit higher aspect and maybe a little bit faster, giving up a little bit of the low end. But yeah, it looks sick. Yeah. So, I mean, we've had, I think, yeah, you did have him on the show. I think Jeff Cox, foil designer, he's been working on this foil for, I think over a year, uh, really fine tuning it, just getting design and all the profiles and sections, right? Mm -hmm. So it wasn't like a rushed uh, foil that we've been trying to get out, which has been red because a lot of the other time <laughs> with like tail wings or front wings, you're like, test it. Oh, that feels good. Let's launch it the next day. <laughs> um, but this one has had a lot of time and effort gone into it, which has been very rewarding for him to see us and the feedback that we are giving him, man, just that's working so well. Everybody loves riding it here. <clears throat> but with that whole design coming out, there'll be a lot more teasers and it's going to launch soon. So be keep an eye out for that. But the actual design is not similar to everything that's just come out. So we were at the AWSI trade show in Oregon in Hood River and we were able to check out a bunch of the new foil gear and yeah, it was cool to test, but the sort of general consensus is everything's looking very similar right now, just with the outlines, bands, profiles. I mean, there's a few variations that are pretty cool. Uh, but not, not anything very exciting. So that was sort of the mission for this foil. It's completely different. Like we're trying to <laughs> look at it. Like, is it a high aspect? Is it a mid aspect? Is it a low aspect? <laughs> because it's not a, like a 10 aspect ratio foil. So we realized it's actually, it's a high efficiency foil. So we pretty much just designed it to be efficient in anything that it does, whether it be wave riding, Wing foiling feels incredible on it, man. It's like <laughs> been such a blast riding around on it, but just to be really efficient and ride easy, not super like difficult to, to get on and get used to. So it's got a bit of a comfortable feel, but I mean, since the time I've been riding it here in Maui, it feels like it's pushed my foiling so much more. Just the confidence inspiring feel that it has. It's really addictive. <laughs> That's the best. I love yeah. it when you get on a foil that you just don't want to get off of. <laughs> yeah, it's so cool. <laughs> and what do you weigh now? You've grown a bunch since the last yeah. time we spoke. So <laughs> those numbers are probably all wrong. Yeah. So the funny thing is, I mean, 
<laughs> in South Africa, I weighed 72 kilograms. I don't know what that is in pounds, probably like 150, maybe. 100, 160, something like that. I don't know. But while we've been, America's not really good for you <laughs> when, it, <laughs> when it comes to keeping healthy and fit and in shape. <laughs> So you never know right now, I might be sitting at 80 kilos. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I think of probably about 70, 73, 74, a little bit more, but... So that's like a 160 cool. to 165 pound range. Yeah. So I've got about 20 pounds yeah. on you. A lot of that's just been foil, mostly in the legs. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, most of that muscle in the leg. But yeah, I think the the weight that I have right now feels optimal for testing pretty much all foils, which is really cool. So you can test out the small ones, the medium size and still find the bigger ones. So pretty stoked that right now find that kind of happy range. <laughs> yeah. I'm stoked that you guys are doing something similar, like in, in mindset to what we're trying to accomplish, which is yeah, making something that's kind of more user-friendly. I feel like so many foils over the last Year, I've kind of defined this as like the Kelly Slater 90s surfboard foiling phase. We're going Skinny, through a lot bad. of rocker. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, like 90s and, you know, 120s, 800s, 725s. Like those are really small foils. And when you're on a good wave, I mean, they're insane. I love them. And, and if you live in the spot where that's what it's for, like you've got the conditions on offer. Like, yeah. That's perfect. But you're probably 90% of foilers are not optimized you know, don't have conditions no. optimized for those foils. And so just want to fly. Yeah. I just like being on foil. I want to yeah. not sacrifice too much in surfing and turning and triple my ride time. That's what yeah. I want. So can you, are you allowed to share any information, any secrets that's happening with that foil or <laughs> I mean, is it all still and stuff? We've decided not to show like pictures of it yet but no it's good i mean we spent a lot of time on the section that was probably yeah. the longest time trying to figure out the right glide and speed that's the most um, important part for sure right well not getting too much forward pitching moment because that's kind of mm. what we were running into did you guys have that same kind of process yeah so i mean when jeff i mean he spent a lot of time uh, going deep with the whole outline and then that foil section i mean pretty much design the thing from the ground up and you ran it through like all these cfd water analysis things and trying to get it right and it came out perfect i mean the our struggle was we kind of for this foil we almost we asked him can we have this foil we don't really want a good low end, which is quite interesting to ask for. Most people are wanting that low end right now, but we asked, could we have that good top end oh, and stability while going at maybe a higher speed? So he's like, yeah, for sure. Worked on that. And then we're testing it and riding it now, which is crazy. So because the foil is so efficient and that foil section designed is like really perfected, the surprisingly the low end is incredible as well i mean it doesn't have that weird stall drop like sometimes if you're pumping too slow or you like <laughs> this time a pump or something the foil just flaps onto the water it doesn't have that feel and because it's so efficient your speed of pumping is so much higher 
So you're pumping fast and you're not really putting that much effort in because it's pretty efficient and you're moving across the water at a lot more speed. So it's, <laughs> I've had to get used to it quite a bit. I mean, coming off a game changer, that's a little bit more, of, a little bit more work <laughs> pumping out if you want to link waves. Yep. Um, but it's been cool to have that different feel now. It's an entirely different to anything that I've used and guys that hop on it all have a similar effect. They just have that that almost that wow factor. Like, man, this is so different, which is nice to have something fresh. So it's not, as I said, a high aspect. So as soon as you get onto a wave, you can still, I mean, you can wind a turn. You can really push it pretty hard. Maybe not as hard like in a pivot section as a game changer, but you can still have a lot more drive on the wave and pump back out to the next one pretty easily. So that's the best part about the foil, I think. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, well, you're doing a bunch of carving 360s on it, and yeah, Lincoln. Tons. That feels crazy. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah, love so, those into connection turns. Like I do a lot of connection turns where I like pump sideways to the wave, and yeah. then 360 like on the connection. It's really oh, that feels cool. So yeah, it's one of my favorite turns. Yeah, I've been watching a bit of your wave riding. It looks so cool. I mean, I don't know what setup that is. You said you're riding like a longer fuse now. Yeah, that's uh, the 170 that we did. Okay, with, well, with the long fuse, I like the long fuse on it because it looked like, really good. Thanks, man. Yeah, it's like a pretty. It looks a lot more flowy than like some other riding that like guys are doing right now. I think that Ken's also riding a pretty long fuse, which was surprising like when I hopped on, but it is such a different feel. I mean, you almost feel like you have more, like something to push onto. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's cool to watch you also doing that, just changing it up, seeing what works. And that foil looks pretty good as well. <laughs> the 170. You know, for our conditions and my weight, it's my favorite foil. Just, you know, we have really small conditions. I want to be up on foil a lot. And yeah. Still Is that the Hyper or the Viper? That's the 170 Proto that we're working on. The one that's ah. going to That's the final one. <laughs> nice. Okay. Yeah, it's, it looks good. Yeah, I mean, I think that's what's so cool now where we're getting to a place in the sport where you're going to have specialization. You know, like yeah. the foil that might work or the downwind board that might work in Maui might not work in Florida. It might not be optimized for Florida or for yeah. small, you know, weak conditions. And I think that's really cool to where we're going to get to that place. I mean, it's also going to be tough because we're all going to have to buy more gear. <laughs> yeah, individual gear now. <laughs> like, think about surfing. Yeah. You travel, you, you take your guns, you get your yeah. stuff out, you know, you're not... So it's going to be similar. It's just more expensive. Yeah. I think then hopefully there will be a way to... I mean, we're always working on it, trying to find a way to bring a bit of that price point down. But I mean, if you're looking for quality gear, it's quite hard to sacrifice on the like the pricing side. So it is. I think it's worth it having, like you said, specialized gear. I mean, when we come to Hawaii, we brought like seven foils, which <laughs> yeah. So we didn't do like a one fits all. We kind of just brought whatever we wanted. Like we thought we were going to work for downwinding, wave riding. So I do think that there is a place for that in the market right now. That's exciting. I did on that foil, the topic of unifoil, I had the chance to hop onto a 130 Viper, which was pretty interesting. I had a lot of fun on it. Yeah. Man, that, I mean, I had like no, I didn't know what to expect at all. 
I mean, I've heard a couple of reviews of guys saying that it felt pretty good, pretty solid. But I was like, man, I want to give it a go. <laughs> so hopped off of the one that I was riding on the one. I mean, I actually like changed completely because I was used to like pumping pretty quick and like super easy, long drawn out. But as soon as you get on a wave on that 130, it really feels like solid the way that the guy had he set up felt pretty good so it was nice to be able to test it out have a bit of fun on just all the different foil gear that's the start of maui i mean if you want to test anything this is the place to be <laughs> you paddle out there's like every foil you can think of in the water have you been doing any winging out there yeah, we have been winging pretty much every day. We actually have, I think we're lining up a photo shoot this evening. The wind is looking like pretty good. I'm looking outside of our window now. It looks like the ocean is starting to get a little bit bumpy, <laughs> which is a good sign. So yeah, we've been winging quite a bit. I love it. I think winging is so much fun. But on downwinds, don't generally take a wing. Probably just take the subfoil now. Used to do a lot of the wing downwinds, but it gets a little bit in the way. So prefer just being free out in the water. You had to rank foil sports. If someone put a gun to your head and you had to rank <laughs> and you were only allowed to do like a certain number of each and whatever you pick number one, you got to do the most of in a year. How would you rank them? Boogie foiling. <laughs> no, I would, man, I would probably put up, that's really tough. I would probably put prone foiling, like wave definitely for sure. That would be number one. That feels like the purest form as well as downwinding, but just enjoying waves using your energy and the waves power to make it work. And then probably the wing foiling, then downwind foiling. I'm not too sure. Wake foiling. <laughs> There's a lot of foiling now. So, so yeah, yours is prone. prone and then downwind and then wing. Yeah. Think? And then yeah. wing. Yeah. I'm sure. my, those are mine as well. But when yeah, you get an epic right. downwind run, it's kind of like <laughs> surfing, doesn't it? Yeah. It feels like wave riding for sure. Like if you get a good downwind run, like you said, it feels like you're just riding a wave for what you did like five miles, which is, it's a great feeling. How um, long are the runs you guys are doing out there? So in Maui, we've been, I think it's like eight mile from Maliko to the Harbor. That's like just a rough guess. And then we do a lot of the shorter ones. If I just go alone and do like a prone one, being out in the water quite far out of Maui is quite an interesting feeling. It feels a little bit shocky out there. The water is so blue and deep. <laughs> um, yeah, it's like, oh. sharks in Hawaii. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I think our shorter runs are probably like five mile, maybe six mile. It's the same as what you're doing there. Um, but it feels pretty good. Been testing. I mean, the Masal is kind of the foil that we've been showing and teasing, but I've been working on the side of a little bit more of another project as well. So uh -oh. <laughs> cool to hear of what you guys are doing as well, but working on my own foil as well with the downwinding and like just super easy, efficient pumping. Not a lot of lift that's just pushing you up out of the water, but enough to just keep you going and be super efficient. I think, wait, let me check. I think we put up video teasing it but the name of it is called the glide right now and it is it has been <laughs> so much fun i've gotten so lazy there i mean i go wing on it in like 10 knots of wind and it's so much fun you can practice all your tacks and jibes without even thinking about the foil so it's been cool to work on something kind of like our own project work on it a little bit but i think we're gonna probably post on that a little bit soon we'll You'll see some teasers of that coming up. Oh, that's another... you guys got a pick of the mission on 
signature now. Maybe you shouldn't need good. to, but it, well, it looks like it's the mission. It's Mateo uh, welcoming him to the team. Yeah. It's got it. Oh man, he's such a red rider. His style is like really good as well. I agree. So he's our recent addition to the team. Super stoked. But yeah, that, that missile is an incredible foil. I can't wait for more people to test it out, hear feedback. But yeah, right now it's been cool. I mean, going back to the glide that kind of, it's not a small wing. It's just a bit over like the 200 mark, but we like did a bit of testing. We want to see how long we could glide when we were pumping, like pump as fast as you can and then just stop and measure the distance, which is pretty fun. We kind of just did that for a few hours, played around, but like the results are pretty, pretty crazy. So we just pump on a foil, like from flat water, get going. And from start of like just, stopping and gliding to touching down. I think we had a 750 mast, but we were flying over super shallow water. So we couldn't actually use the whole mast, but we did uh, 148 feet of just gliding without, without pumping, which is pretty cool. So it's rad to see where that's going to go. Excited to do some more testing. But... Testing foils is one of my favorite things in life. Oh I, yes. <laughs> one of my favorite moment is Nate is and this is, a, it was in surfing too, but more so in foiling is when you see it for the first time and there's the day or hour, depending on, you know, how your conditions are, mm. where you don't yet know how it rides, but you have an idea or <laughs> a surprise. <laughs> and then, yeah, that first feel like really within the first, you know, 10 seconds of the ride, you can tell so much about what the, you know, the, I don't know the word, the characteristics, it's a better yeah. word than that, of the foil are. I think that's one of my favorite things when it goes from kind of mystery and hope to understanding. <laughs> yeah, I mean, a lot of the time it is mystery and hope. A lot of it is hope. <laughs> hope <laughs> this thing works, especially if you've been spending so much time like designing and working on it. I mean, we've had some foils in the past that like my dad, he told me, Nate, go take us out. I think this is going to be a killer foil for like beginners to ride. I'm like, okay, I don't think it's going to work, but whatever. <laughs> you like go in the water. Then that mystery turns to realization that you, your foil is shouting and you can't lift. And <laughs> so we've had some interesting experiences with that. And then we'll have another one which we're super excited for and we get on it like the missile and you get on and then man, it's like, Whoa, this feels crazy. Like uh, how do I change my style to like start uh, pushing a little bit more and uh, really adapting to the foil that you're riding. That's that right there is probably one of the best feelings ever being able to switch from like foil to foil and sort of adapt to the style of riding to, to whatever it's needed for that specific foil. That's such an important point that, we haven't probably discussed that much on the podcast, but you know, every foil does want to be ridden differently. Yeah. And there's a lot of guys that I'll see hop on a foil and be like, Oh, I don't like this foil. You know, it's, it's not <laughs> good. And it's like, well, you're actually not feeling what the foil wants you to do. Yeah. You know, dancing to the same beat as the foil essentially. Yeah. And I can tell, like I can hop on a foil and I can tell if a foil is terrible right away pretty much i mean it's very quick <laughs> if a foil is bad you can tell really quickly but if a foil is good it takes a little while to figure out how good it is 
because mm. you have to figure out that rhythm of the foil and the roll and the pressure points, like how the forward pitching moves through a turn. And then it can take me, like I can get to 90% of like quality surfing on a foil in probably one session, but to get from 90 to hundred percent can take me a long time. Cause I'm working yeah. on, you know, quarter degree shims and little mass placements and trying different base plates. Fine tuning. Yeah. You yeah, feel so, yeah, for sure. I think what you said there is spot on with, there is a degree of, like you said, the last 90 to a hundred percent, it does come down to a little bit of taking your style and almost adapting the foil. Like you said, with the shims or sanding, whatever you want to do to it. But the majority is actually taking your style, sort of keeping it, but adapting it to how the foil wants to be ridden. I mean, cause designers might look at the foil and be like, like what you guys are doing now. You just want to pump and glide downwind and have it super easy. Some guy gets on and is like, oh, I'm going to do some banging turns off a of whitewater and you can't roll it. It's like, well, that's not really what it's meant to do. Like kind of just change a little bit, just freshen up. Maybe it helps a lot of the, it helps the rider a lot, especially to be able to learn to adapt the riding to whatever the board or the foil wants to be ridden. It's the same as surfing. You get off a long board, cross stepping, mm -hmm. like maybe trimming down the wave to a short board and you're doing big bottom turns, straight up a face smack. So yeah, that's definitely something a lot of people don't realize when they hop onto like new gear or they're testing, but it is a very, very important part when trying out new gear. Yeah. The, the surf analogy there is great as well. And I think what's so cool about foils is that, you know, a longboard and a shortboard aesthetically look completely different. You know, yeah. <laughs> it, it defines the board aesthetic defines your surf, you know, aesthetic in the water, essentially. But a foil yeah. can look very, you could have two 150s and one wants to be ridden like a longboard and one wants to be ridden like a shortboard. And it's a lot harder to tell the difference between the two from just the first look until you know what you're looking for. Yeah, that's very true. Yeah, foils can tend to look similar. Like, let's say you have a, I don't know, a lift 120, and then you get onto a Cabrina 120, which looks like the same. I don't know if you've seen them together, yep. but they look pretty similar. <laughs> but as soon as you get on, you're going to be like, whoa, this feels different, which can be a bit of a surprise because, as you said, a longboard looks completely different to a shortboard. Whereas a foil might seem similar and you have this way that you think it might work, but <laughs> it's actually not. It's like a bit of a surprise, but that is a very key thing to the foiling there just to be ready for whatever happens for sure. I really like the way those Cabrina surf that the Cabrina 800, which is like the same as the 120 essentially. I was able to intuit the way you and Kane foil fairly similarly. I'd yeah. say that you have a little bit wider of a stance than Kane, but you both roll and push into your turns. So it's yeah. coming more from like a first principle foiling mindset versus someone who is say like a, someone who's doing it at a very high level, Tom Earl, who's foils like very much like a shortboarder, right? He absolutely mm -hmm. rips, but it's like, he's attacking like a shortboard. He spends a lot of time on shortboard too. So it makes a lot of sense. But the Cabrina 800 is a foil that once you start really like trusting it and waiting for it, roll it in and sit on it and sit on that back foot a little bit, like you, it really lights up. And that, that foil actually let me understand the way that you and Kane foil to a much <laughs> higher degree, which was really cool. And I've incorporated a lot yeah. into my riding now 
which is cool. If I want to stay a little bit more straight up. Yeah. We like, I've been trying to work on staying a little bit lower in the ride and just mostly connecting turns a little bit more seamlessly without like pumping between and just, it looks like you do pretty well. Just going from one turn, flowing to the next, like without a, a little weird gap in between that it feels like you're pushing too hard, but just to have that, that flow in between. It is something just learning still <laughs> for foilings, like always learning something new, but just becoming more seamless in the foiling. Uh, I think it's a lot more aesthetically pleasing to look at <laughs> while filming. It doesn't look like jerky or anything trying to do one thing or the other, but it does, does look a little bit more flawed. Just having that nice swooping turns. That's what it seems like I was picking up when you're writing that longer fuse video. It's like pretty, pretty smooth turns pretty much everywhere, which was, it was pretty great to see that. That is my, about a year ago, I decided that's what I wanted to focus on. Is just, I feel like the beauty of foils is how efficient they are. Mm. And so, I mean, if you could draw lines like that on a surfboard, like that's like Tom Curran, right? Like that's how yeah. he surfs like at <laughs> J Bay. Like that one, I watched the wave of him, his first wave at J Bay ever. I watch it all the time because it's this like perfect long wave with almost no bobbles throughout. It's rail to rail holding rails top to bottom. And I just love that so much. And so like, yeah, I've spent a lot of time like trying to figure out how to do that on foil. You do that very well as well. Um, yeah, I had to really work on it there. I mean, so it depends like what setup I'm riding. So in Cape Town, I generally ride a lot of strap, strap foiling just because it's a lot more short break, a lot of power. Like you don't want to hit those waves without, without being attached to your board. So we come to Maui and now trying to work on just getting back into the strapless riding and I must say it definitely allows you to be a lot more fluid in the motions and in the turns, just being able to move around, having a bit of an offset stance, and then maybe going back to like more narrow or just changing your feet position a bit. I find it's a lot more smooth riding strapless. It can be a bit sketchy, like going for turns and stuff. If you want to go up a face or whatever it is, but it's very rewarding uh, when you do get that one wave that just links and you have that motion, just like S turns down a wave feels so good. <laughs> then you hop back onto straps and you feel like you have to boost on every single section. So uh, been enjoying the, the strapless quite a lot recently. Talk through your foot movement through a wave. Like when yeah. you are like in your guardrails waves, like when you're pumping out, how are you moving your feet? I think this would be interesting for everyone to hear because you know, the nuance of foot movement, I don't think that beginner intermediates realize how much you're moving your feet, that good riders mm. are moving their feet through pumping and even turn to turn. Yeah. So generally, I mean, as soon as you take off, wherever you put your feet, kind of <laughs> feels like a bit of a guess, but you try to get it as close, <laughs> as, you can, as close as you can to where you want it as possible. And then, I mean, when you're on the wave, it kind of feels like what I'll generally do is take off and pretty much immediately pump out and try to get away from a little bit further out so I can have a full ride. So I'll take off and generally try shift my feet to where I feel the foil is most efficient. So I will probably end up like on our foils just because they're the way they like to be ridden. I'll narrow my stance a little bit, bring my feet together just while pumping. It's a little bit easier. It doesn't feel like I'm pushing as hard. Then as soon as you bank onto that wave, just widen your 
probably my back foot, I'll shift a little bit towards the, the tail pad and then probably offset a little bit, bringing it off to the side and then front foot a little bit offset. I have a lot more control of the board because uh, I really enjoy a little bit of a wider board. I mean, most of the guys are riding maybe 18 and a half wide boards here, pretty skinny things. I ride like a 20 inch wide 4.2, which is pretty <laughs> different to what most people are on but it allows you to have a lot more control of the foil when you're going for a steep bank in a turn or something. So recently I've been playing around a lot more with a bit of an offset stance, which has helped, helped greatly if you want to push a little bit more. But that, that it feels like a dance when you're getting on the wave and you're just shifting your feet around, like feeling where that foil's most comfortable. It's like your partner shifting the feet so that try and make your partner as comfortable as possible like making it work, making it smooth. So yeah, some proper little intricacies <laughs> that not a lot of people notice when watching people riding strapless foil. But I mean, you've probably picked up on that as well, where we're putting your feet makes a really big difference. Oh, huge. I move my feet because I like to kind of keep equal weight through turns. So as you speed up and generally like my favorite runs are when I'm kind of just doing S turn, like carves, like yeah. kind of back into the pocket, but keeping the speed and you get to build speed through all those turns. And so your pitching moment is changing as your speed changes. So the, my feet have to shift kind of like on the bottom turns, I start, I tend to move back just a mm. little bit so that I can keep the same body mechanic. Otherwise I'd have to use a very different body mechanic, you know, at 13 miles an hour than at 17 miles an hour or whatever, <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah, for sure. and that took me a long time to kind of figure out. And there was just like one day where I realized I was just doing, I was actually on the Cabrino when I was doing it. And I realized that between my first and second and third turns, I would move my back foot like maybe a half inch back on each turn. And then I kept the seat <laughs> waiting. I was like, oh, that was the sickest thing ever. <laughs> that worked. Now I move my front foot back from pumping to surfing. So as I'm like about to connect into a wave, I move my front foot maybe about an inch and a half back on the board. And then that gives me, I don't have to move my back foot back as much while I'm wave riding. It's helped a yeah. lot. That's true. Yeah, I mean, that's a big thing where strapped riding is a little bit easier. I mean, you can kind of compensate for shifting your feet around. You can just like slap them in the straps and you just pull. If you feel you have too much front foot, pull your front and then kind of evenly distribute through pulling your weight through the straps. That's why I think there's a lot more, not skill, but more finer moments involved in the strapless, which I think is more fun to learn to master. If you just want to work on, like I said, those S turns, just cruising down the wave, again, like two or three, having these little foot, like small increment movements. But that's probably like the reason why I would do strapless, just to get a little bit of a better understanding of what works and what doesn't work with the, the wave foiling stance. Yeah. How much do you bring back into prone from winging that was a big surprise for me where we just had like a week of really crap surf but really good yeah. winging. and i'm not a i'm not a good winger in any way I, I like winging i like i enjoy i basically i just use it to go out and then downwind right like that's yeah. what you do it's just <laughs> I've been, actually it's been really cool nate where i've been going out and 
on downwind runs, you're always a little bit conservative because you don't want to come off foil, but with the wing, I just don't yeah. care. And so <laughs> just I'm, just, push it. <laughs> I'm just seeing like how long I can stay on bumps and where I would start pumping. Like, what if I just don't pump right here? How long can I go? <laughs> and it's kind of so cool. what you can get away with. But then also in the like stance and kind of those fine like pitch changes, I feel like the wing has been really good for me to kind of get a lot more nuanced in balancing foils through speed ranges while wave riding or downwinding. Are you pulling anything from winging back? Yeah, for sure. I mean, like you said there, you have (laughs) with that downwinding, you have so much more confidence when you're foiling and you can, with winging, you spend like triple the amount of time on the foil as opposed to a surf foil session. So instead of where you'd be sitting in the water, maybe waiting for a wave for like eight minutes, whatever, uh, you just flying around the foil. Uh, so you get really accustomed to the setup that you're on with the wing. Uh, so what I've been doing, I'll wave ride the, the missile 120 that we've been using and testing, uh, use it on the waves and then go use it on the wing for like, two and a half hours. And in that two and a half hours, it feels like you've just spent so much time work on what works with the pitching moments and the roll stability or the finer details that you probably wouldn't pick up trying to push it down a wave or do turns in a surf session. So you can really spend a lot more time up on foil feeling, feeling the actual thing and fine tuning the gear, which is great. I mean, especially we always say like when people are learning to foil, we're like, well, just spend time on the wing. You get a lot more time up on foil. You get used to it, the feeling of what works and what doesn't. And then once you feel comfortable in that, just hop back onto the wave foiling. And then even when I get back from wing foiling to wave foiling, feel so much more like in touch with the gear that I've been using just because I've spent so much time on it with the wing foil. Yeah, that, that's exactly what I'm feeling too. And just comfortable... I'm just getting more comfortable in like different weird steep moments balancing yeah. pitch on downwinders. Um yeah. which is really cool. Like you know one of my big goals always in foiling is just to be as efficient as possible. And you have to be really comfortable to to work on efficiency because otherwise you're you, if you're not comfortable you're just worried about flying and staying <laughs> on foil. Yeah. And I feel like the wing has done a lot. Like I'm really stoked on what winging has become. I like I've gone through a bunch of different phases, like, cause I'm not a wind guy and I've kind of quit it a few times and then <laughs> I get back on it. Now I actually, I think I'm to the point where I'm past quitting, which is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> That's great to hear. <laughs> Just push through. So recently guy from Australia, Oscar just did two hours and 45 minutes on foil. And you were the first person to really put in a documented send of waves. I think it was like 65 (laughs) waves, right? It was like something funny. I think it was like 50 or 70 waves or whatever. Which was pretty cool. (laughs) I mean, unprecedented at the time. Like, yeah, back then it was like, whoa, (laughs) that's a bigger accomplishment. I think than the two hours right now, just because (laughs) you're so much better now you know, the riding has progressed so much, but when you yeah. did five waves, like everyone was stoked to link two. Yeah. Are you going to take a shot at that at some point? Do you, do you feel like you've been dethroned at all and, and you want to take the record back? <laughs> For sure. There is a bit of that feeling, but that's good. That'll just probably cause to push a little bit harder. So as 
far as maybe, I mean, if he did 245, I mean, you'd have to do three hours away foiling. So here's my thinking. I don't know where the difference would be. Let's say if you do like a light wind downwind foil prone without anything else. So you just take a board, a surfboard. What's the difference between riding waves for a few hours on a foil board out in the ocean, like linking swells and pumping around for three hours instead of just being in the waves for three hours. I know there is a bit more of a distance of pumping, but it's a wave riding. And he did um, have an so, offshore wind, so he yeah, wants so the wind assist. That's the question. Like It starts to sort of blur the lines a little bit when it comes to that side. I'm not so sure I'll end up going for the three-hour pump session. Maybe do a little bit of training, give it a go, but possibly soon. Stay tuned. Maybe on that new foil we have, it might be super easy. Just don't have to pump out to the next wave. You can just come off at speed and ride into the next one. But that would be the ultimate. Do you have any big goals going into the next year? On So right now, the probably one of the main goals would be just getting a lot more comfortable on the winging side, especially when it comes to more of the freestyle. I mean, to kind of... It, freestyle feels a little bit more aggressive when it comes to all these tricks and just throwing it. That would probably be one of the main main goals to get a bit more proficient in that area. And then to, I mean, while we've been here in Maui, I've noticed it a bit, but to really push the wave foiling side again, just the just new stuff on it. I'd love to see you guys progress it a lot more. While we've been here, I've noticed, like when we got here, nobody was really pushing that hard it's kind of just cruising around but it feels like everyone's just started to like go for it again which is so awesome to see i feel like there's so much that we haven't tapped into with wave foiling so that would be one of the main goals to see how far that can go before it starts looking too much like surfing but to really push the wave foil prone side as well and then there's a downwinding and everything else that follows. But those would probably be the two main things, the wing freestyle side and then the, the wave foil, the prone. Love it. Is there anything that we haven't discussed, any major themes that you'd like to discuss before we hop into the 11 questions? I think we've covered pretty much most of it from life here on Maui to new foils and everything else. And winging. So I think it would be cool to jump into those questions. All right. So these are 11 questions that I'm asking on most shows, wide range of the. <laughs> How do you define success? Ooh, I love that question. So. How would I define success when you are confident in success? I don't know if that would be in business term or if that's in surfing terms, if you successful in your riding now, what would the context be? How, however you see it. Okay, cool. Success when you, I would say in like foiling brand terms or whatever, when like you're confident in what you have and your ability, you don't feel like you have to, push too much harder to try be the next thing, but that you feel like the success that you have, you quite, I don't know what the word is comfortable, not comfortable, content, but it content. That's it with what you've accomplished and to still be able to push it, but to realize like where you are, is not really, you have to push much further, but you just be content and know that it's been successful and that's a hard question. Rambled for a minute, uh, but that's the word vomit that came out. How do you define happiness? 
Ooh. Being happy. <laughs> no. Also, it comes down to being content. I mean, when I'm on foil and I'm out in the water, that's when I'm probably at my happiest, happiest moments. Just enjoying my time, not feeling like I have to compete against anyone, just having really cool times with people and yeah, not feeling like you have to be on edge or anything or have your guard up, but to really just be happy and content. So that would probably be it. What motivates you at this point in your life? Man, right now, what's motivating me is actually like the progression of foil design, just being able to want to see how far we can go with the different foils that would be R&D, just testing out in the water and bringing it back to computer and designing stuff. I love designing. So that's one of the main things that's motivating me right now to get back in the water because otherwise it can just become mundane and another surf session. But to actually take that info we've had and used out in the water and plug it back in and try to design something even better. It really motivates you to try create something that's going to be the next best thing and yeah, just enjoy creating. Uh, what's your favorite proud, what's your proudest foiling accomplishment? Proudest foiling accomplishment. Yep. Single act. Oh man. A boogie foil. No, <laughs> no. Proudest foil moment, man. Just being out, like what we had that downwind the other day. Just being out with everyone, no agenda or race. Just enjoying and flying with everybody. That's probably like the best thing ever. I mean, I could say the races that we've had in from like Molokai to Wahoo, uh, coming second like that, but just prize moment is seeing where the foiling has come and seeing how stoked everyone is on the sport right now. That's probably what it would be. What's your best foil trip? Foil trip? Mm -hmm. Ooh, we haven't made enough of them, but I must say Maui is probably <laughs> up there. I think Maui is definitely the best foil trips that we've done. Most waves are oh, best foiling waves that we've had in a long time, but actually Best one is in South Africa in Langabon Lagoon, like two mile rides, toe foiling, not notion, but in the lagoon on open swells. That is, that was incredible. That sounds dreamy. <laughs> That's crazy. What's your favorite marine animal to see on your downwind runs and the best story or on any runs? Oh man, the best marine downwind animal would probably be in Cape Town when we're flying around and like you on your down run, like super focused. And the next thing you just notice a penguin flying alongside you in the water, just like floating there. And you're like, okay, there's just maybe five penguins to see in the water. I think that's quite special. Not everyone gets to say they see penguins when they're downwinding, but that's definitely the best animal. I reckon we're still on a down and run. Do, do they ride waves? No, they kind of float there and they sort of end up riding down the top without like meaning to do it. They just like float <laughs> downwind. <laughs> it's pretty cool. They're the OG downwinders. What music are you getting hyped to, right? Yeah, what music? I've probably, if you had to look on my phone, you thought I was not so well because I have pretty much every genre in the book on my phone. You don't have a hype uh, song though? You don't have the song you put on right before you get in the water that you want in your head? I actually do and probably going to laugh. 
but it is that Blue Monday by I think it's New Order. It's such a it's like an '80s song, but man, it's such a vibe. It yep. is such a vibe. I did an edit to that Subfoil Days a long time ago. Yep. Okay. Yeah, they, they they, that's, like, <laughs> that's the one. Yeah. I think I found a remix of it, but yeah, they're so good. All right. I like that. The banger. How do you, you're younger. So this question is going to be an interesting one. You might not need to yet, but how do you manage your foil life balance? That's actually a really relevant question. So, I mean, in my life, I can notice when foiling starts to become too much of, not too much of a passion, but it starts to take too much of the time. And then maybe just being with family might be more important just to take a break and find a balance between foiling and having a family life and yeah, just being with people. I mean, I love it. You can still do it through foiling, which is an amazing thing. The family dynamics around the sport is incredible. But to still find that balance, like you said, maybe instead of going for a three-hour session or to go for a coffee break with a bit of a couple of the family, like my dad or mom or sister, just spending time with them as well. That is really important, I found, in my life. Just taking a break a little bit from what I love to do. How wonderful is it to get to work on signature with your dad it is a dream come true i mean i was in school uh, i couldn't wait to get finished like oh man i need to get done with this because my i was homeschooled my school was sort of right next to <laughs> the office and i keep hearing all these things like happening i'm like man i just want to work for signature and so i can be in there and help out and design and test but now i'm doing it and we are now here in maui we're foiling, loving it together, filming, testing new year. Definitely a dream come true. Yeah. And I'm sure that your dad is as or more stoked about it than you are. It's wonderful. Yes. What do you think about on downwind and long runs? <laughs> Most random stuff ever. I mean, that's like <laughs> your brain just turns off for that amount of time. <laughs> I mean, it starts like, oh, on a downwind, I need to get this bump or get to that bump. And eventually halfway down, you realize you've been humming like some random song that you heard four years ago. And then you got random thoughts out there. It's quite a, a interesting trip. I'd love to make a video on that, actually. <laughs> thoughts of a downwind and a long wing session. <laughs> it's just like your brain turns off and you just go for it generally you just end up saying whatever you want out there and humming or just focusing on the next while and then falling off you click back into downwind gear but you have random stuff there's two moments that i love in downwinding and it's something weird about just being on foil for 30 minutes straight yeah (laughs) there are moments where i'm just completely gone for like 10 minutes and then i like come back and i'm like wait a second i'm out here i'm downwinding (laughs) almost like like you're driving and you don't know, like, you're like, oh, did I get here already? It's yeah. One of those things. And then the other is when I realize that I'm hooting like all the time, but I don't really realize that I'm like hooting. <laughs> <laughs> I had that today. Like I got like oh. three like great seams in a row. It's just, you know, going really fast. And I realized like on the third one that I'd just been like hooting my <laughs> the whole shouting. time. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! Yeah. That's the best. Like, what's that guy shouting out there for? Yeah. I don't worry about it. <laughs> but I think in downloading, there is quickly that one moment when you, like you said, you spaced. And what, I, what generally happens to me, I'm just not even thinking. And then you click back, you realize you look down, and you're like overfoiling. 
and you just <laughs> like wipe out and you quickly <laughs> click back in. <laughs> it's like a brief moment. Yeah. That happens to me a lot because like the way that we do our runs is that you're generally looking, you're generally looking offshore for your next scene because we run the coastline. So you kind of always yeah. have to be working offshore. And so I'll just like today, like I just kind of get lost in the moment. And then I'm like, Oh, where am I on the beach? And then I have to look back <laughs> to the beach and figure out where I am. And that's when I have lost a lot of runs is in that moment of, did I go too far? How far am I? Yeah. Off the am I then you look down. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or you realize like a mile, a mile and a half offshore and you just didn't realize that you just. Been oh no, before. that's terrible. I've gotten better at that one. Gotten better at that. <laughs> What's your biggest foiling fear? Are you scared of anything on the foil? Oh man. While being in Maui, I'm so scared of like mostly wing foiling. If you, really testing like speed of foil and there's just a turtle like oh, sitting God. in front of you. That is one of my biggest, f- I've had a few moments where I've just missed. I'm like, I don't want to hit this poor creature. And I know it's probably not going to feel it as much as my <laughs> foil boxes and stuff, but that's like one of the, the bigger things while we're here. But otherwise it would be going for a bottom turn and my backside wingtip comes out and my foil flips and I land onto the foil tip. That would be like the main thing I'm generally scared of. <laughs> yeah. The taco falls are yeah. so oh. sketchy. And I I just, like, now that we're riding like the higher aspect foils, like tacoing onto a game changer is not nearly as scary no. as tacoing <laughs> onto like a lift 90, right? <laughs> it's like a skewer. Right. You're just going to, I had a reverse taco onto a, foil like the game changer it was a stealth it was like an old foil mm-hmm. i fell backwards and it flipped up and i like had stitches in the back of my head it was like super gnarly so that's why it's <laughs> always there in my head just thinking about it that's lovely all right and last question foiling bucket list what are the locations that you're just amped to go foil man so conditions. i haven't like spent so much time th- i know conditions i would love like I think those waves in, I don't know where it is. I think it's Nicaragua looks, I think it is one of the, I think Brian Finch is that where he goes for that like foil school thing. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Brian went down and there recently. Those waves look ridiculous. I was like, Oh, I'd like love to go out there. Just not, I don't want glossy, perfect mer conditions because then you can't always see how high you are on foil. I don't like that too much. So like just a slight offshore, a little, like maybe five knots, just have a bit of texture on the water and just a wave that slopes, breaks slowly. And then you can just rip for like two minutes. That would be the dream. I love it. Nate, thanks for coming on the podcast. This was great, man. Yeah. Thanks so much for the awesome time opportunity to just talk a little bit. <laughs> it was great. <laughs> Always good catching up. What, what do you want to leave folks with? Words oh, of inspiration, man. what you're working on. It can be whatever you want. <laughs> Your mic. The words of wisdom. Oh man. When just go out there, like everyone says, just go out there and have fun. I mean, you can do what we said and like get super into it and try to find tune everything and you can actually end up losing the love for foiling happened to me kind of a few years, like a year ago, just 
so into foiling that I actually forgot what I was doing it. But go out there and just go with a couple of friends and have fun. That is probably the biggest key. And it's a bit cliched, but it's the most important thing to remember out in the water. Love it. And stay tuned for all of Signature's new gear coming out. I can't wait to see it. Oh, yeah. Big fan of always what you guys do. And I mean, Signature, your dad's always been super supportive. Yeah. They were the first guys to like really support me in the podcast and stuff and send in gear. And so that was yeah. awesome. And stay tuned for your, I'm super keen to see what that two tens can look like. <laughs> oh, well, two tens a monster. It's not done yet. That thing is huge. I mean, we'll see where that one goes, but the 140 and 170 are done. So yeah, let's stay tuned. I'm going to keep stalking the Instagram page. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Mary. All right, Nate. Thank you. Project Podcast, deconstructing foiling, flow, and the learning process with your host, Eric Anderson.